welcome into episode 85 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, who has finished his Burger King. It's a lot of inflection. I'm Luke Lipinski. Just nuggets. It's still, where were they from? They were from Burger King. Okay. I was in a rush today. Some news broke. Yeah, I, I noticed that you blamed nope, your... No pity for your, me. Your shoddy meal choice. You blamed it on an NHL team. That's just, that's not... You got to take responsibility for your own life decisions. Sure, accountability, right? It's yeah. all about accountability. It it's all about accountability and bouncing back and giving 110 percent. Pucks deep. Yeah, get the pucks in deep. Pucks to the net. Hard in the corners. Yeah, I like play those. a 200 foot game. Absolutely. Get behind their defense. So obviously, here we here we are. How many quotes Put pucks on net. By the way, in the NHL, when you're talking to a player, obviously, comma. Uh, yeah, no. A lot of them start with yeah. yeah no. See, that's. That's a reason for now. Not. I feel like I missed the boat on that story. Oh, okay. When it first came out, I felt like I should have written about that. <laughs> There's still time. Uh, okay, so here we are. There are four teams still technically left in the NHL playoffs. We've got some news. Technically? I mean, yeah. Are you burying your Penguins? I, I, is is it, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm more not, laments. I'm not yeah. burying anybody. I, subtle, I, read between the lines, yeah. laments from Luke Lipinski. There's no lament. Lipinski laments. There's Lipinski still four teams <laughs> left, and the Lipinski laments might be a... a a segment on the show over the summer. Be your fantasy team's name. Wow, that's just yeah. rude. You're making the Lipinski list of rude things Craig Morgan has said. <laughs> you just made the list. That's right, sir. Enjoy your nuggets from Burger King. Let's start with the news that forced you to go to Burger King. Okay. Good segue. Apparently, eight your NHL feelings. Coyotes, you promoted Steve Sullivan from director player development to assistant general manager. I like this move. Sully's a guy who. You know, if you talk to you and you do the same thing, if you talk to people around this organization from the lowest levels to the highest levels, this guy is universally respected. Pointed to me when he said lowest level. That's going on the list too. Mm-hmm. Carry on. Well, Truth hurts, doesn't it? Lost my train of thought. But. <laughs> Start back at the lowest level and work okay, your way up. Okay, lowest level. <laughs> okay. Here you are. Okay. That's, I know where I am. And here's Andy Barraway. Okay. okay. Universally respected within this organization. Um, Obviously, he, he has a... See, I, I did it myself, obviously. Obviously, comma. He's got a history in this game. He played for many years. I'm not going to count the seasons right now. He's been in the organization for a couple of years, helping with their player development. Really made some strides in that area. The prospects love him. They have a relationship with him. He drives them from Tucson to Arizona, <laughs> to does. Phoenix when they get recalled. So. Does he still do that now, or does he have somebody else <laughs> I do doubt that? doubt he's going to do that okay. anymore. We don't know who the new director of player development is going to be. I don't think it's going to be Shane Doan. Let me put that out there. Um, but, again, I just love this move. Sully was a great choice when they brought him into this organization, and now he's going to have an even more prominent role with personnel. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. boy, here we go. No one has ever said a, unless I'm aware of, a bad word about Steve Sullivan uh, in the Coyotes organization. The players, I mean, they all, as Craig said, I mean, they all – universally respect him they look they look up to him they look up to what he did on the ice what he's done in the organization since transitioning into a, a management level role i you can never have enough good people and good hockey minds and you've got somebody that has both in, in one package and he's such a great quote too when you just when you get a chance to talk to him about any of the prospects and and the, the time like the best times for this obviously you do stories throughout the year wondering how guys are developing but during their prospect development camp and during training camp he is such a money guy, a go-to guy for quotes, because he gives you such good analysis and such good insight into what's going on with these players. And he has that insight because he not only knows the game well, he's developing really close relationships with these players. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that the developmental process for the Coyotes has gotten better over the last few years since he's been here. And, and some of that is that they've had high picks, but 
They had high picks. <laughs> and a scouting staff. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> details. Yes, I mean, and fairly big details. But they've had high picks in the past, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's not all on development necessarily. Sometimes it's just on the player themselves. But they, up until the last couple of years, they haven't had a farm system like this. And that's not all Steve Sullivan, but he's a huge part of it. Now he gets to be uh, an even bigger part of it. So you look, it's funny, too, because you look at his career, and we're basically 18 NHL seasons and he's played 33 games with the Coyotes. And yet, ever since he played those games with the Coyotes, he spent a couple games with New Jersey at the end of that season. But he's, he's been a part of this community and organization ever since. I mean, I see him coaching. I, I guess he won't still be doing this, but I see him coaching youth hockey just at the local rinks around here, too. So It is interesting he's that he's, he's a part of this organization, of all the organizations he's played for. I mean, yeah. he had a cup of coffee here. And, and, and to be honest, that, that season didn't go well for Steve no. Salzman. If you remember, that was like the Ray Whitney replacement, mm-hmm. and it didn't pan out for Don Maloney uh, like many of his past budget moves had. But, when, again, when you, when you talk to this guy, when you hear other opinions of this guy uh, throughout the organization, you just realize what a valuable asset he is. We could probably build an all-star team of players that either – Retired or now work in the Phoenix area after their NHL playing career was over because you definitely have Mike Madonna on, on the top line as well. I mean, you put together a pretty good team of players that don't even necessarily have ties to the Coyotes. But anyway, that's your Coyotes news for the day. Um, we should transition into the playoffs here. Sure. Where do you want to start, Luke? Uh, you know, I'll let you guys choose. We've got okay. the uh, Ducks and Predators playing tonight, game four. That series has been just about everything I would have expected. Or we can go with the Penguins and Senators. Even when though when do the Penguins arrive play. in Ottawa? Uh, I'm hoping by okay. Friday they'll get there. Yeah, I was waiting for that Eastern Conference Final to start for Pittsburgh, but uh, yikes. I don't know what the problem is. They've scored three goals in three games. What's, what, what's the concern? All right, let's just lay it out there. Do we want to see Ottawa in the Cup Final? Does, does, I, I, does anyone outside of no. Ottawa? But I'm, I'm starting to almost feel bad for Ottawa fans because everybody is so actively rooting against them but now. It's, not, it's just because of the style they play. Yeah. It's just so dull to watch. And, and I can watch Eric Carlson all day. And by the way, there's this thread out there now that like mainstream media are just getting on board with Eric Carlson as if you know he's, he's been this player all along. No, he's a guy who had flaws before. Yes. A flaws that he admitted himself. That's what I think makes his story this year that much more compelling is that he was already a great player and he's better. Like he went out and and made the conscious effort to get better. I remember him talking at the award show last year. I remember going from his booth to Drew Doughty's booth, and they both basically said, if you flipped our teams, and I, Carlson was on the Kings and Doughty was on the uh, the Senators, they'd be asked to do different things, and they, they figured they could probably each do those things, but, I mean, this year Carlson has done it, and Drew Doughty's on a team that I don't know what happened to them. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, give Carlson credit for, for recognizing that area of his game and making a concerted effort, and my God, the fact that he finished second in the league in blocked shots all of a sudden? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a much maligned stat in this league. And, and if you're, you know, if your guys are, if you're leading the league in blocked shots most of the time, it's not a good sign because, again, you don't have the puck. Oh, yeah. But he's doing everything that he has been doing offensively, probably even more when you look yeah. at the shot differentials with him on and off the ice. But then defensively, he's so good with his stick in the passing lanes. He's blocking shots at a, a ridiculous rate now. What isn't this guy doing right now? It's exactly it. He's been able to fix a lot of his flaws, and the, the stuff he did very well, he's still doing at that same level or higher. I mean, he, he is becoming a complete player now. He's been, if not the best player in the playoffs, certainly one of the two or three, and he's 
probably going to win the Conn Smythe. I mean, we said a couple weeks ago, if they just if they get to the Cup, even if they were to, let's say it's Ottawa-Nashville and Nashville wins, I still think you could give the, the Conn Smythe to Carlson at that point. If he gets to the Cup final, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's, right now he's clear in a way the, mm-hmm. the leading candidate for that award in my mind. And beyond that... I, He's taken. I mean, if he gets them to the Cup final, if they win it, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's obvious. What a story that yeah. will be, first of all. But it'll be a story for about an hour, and then I'm yeah. going to fear for the league next year. <laughs> right, right. Wait, who won the Cup last year? Oh, that's right. It's. I mean, we've talked peripherally about Ottawa all season long, and and you know, Jamie has besmirched them, and I think in some way he's probably driven them to this level of of play that they're at because they have his picture up in the locker room, and then he kind of motivates them, but. It's a cool story if Ottawa wins because it's Eric Carlson and it, it's it's the underdog team. I mean, they're. I said this before we went on the air, and, and I'd have to look closer, but I'm probably going to stick by it. There are probably more talented teams that actually missed the playoffs, but nobody has an Eric Carlson. They've got some good players. You know, there's there's good stories on Ottawa if they win, but they're kind of the forgotten team in Canada. There's a lot of good stories, but as Josh Cooper said last week, and I, I it just every time I watch them play. His words echo in my mind of, if they win the Cup this year, are we going to see more teams try and play their style of hockey next year? Because if so, that's terrible you for the all, NHL. You always see copycats. How many teams yeah. built built themselves up like the, the L.A. Kings and the yeah. Boston Bruins And I, I still can't while. feel like, even though Ottawa is doing what they're doing, I, I can't help but feel like this is an anomaly. That this this can't be sustained. But it doesn't matter. I would not be surprised if Ottawa went out in the first round next year, for instance. But yeah, and it's I wouldn't very be surprised possible. if they missed the playoffs. And, and, and there are a couple things to consider. One, just it, the the fluky aspect of it. They got hot at the you know the quote unquote getting hot at the right time. And two, it's a lot easier to execute when you have an all world player like Eric Carlson. Yeah. Try doing that on a team that doesn't have that. Who is, it's not going to be. I mean, and he when you look at what he's doing, the level he's playing now. I can't think of many guys in the history of this game at that position. I mean, he's he's right now he's he's brushing up against the, the Nicholas Lidstroms and the Bobby Ors of of hockey. He's he's that good now. Wow, it's crazy. A year think, ago, could you imagine hearing? I know, crazy I know. out of my mouth. Yeah. But again, fix, fix what's wrong with your game. Show a commitment to it, and he did. Not only did he commit to it, he's. You can't, you can't even say that he's an adequate defender now. He's a good defender. Well, and for somebody like him, it was fix what's wrong with your game, but you're great at every other aspect yes. of your game. So yep. if you just fix that, you're going to be unstoppable. Yes. And, you know, again, you watch them play, and he just makes plays that are just phenomenal. And then so- sometimes, I mean, I don't think they're winning just because of him. I think that system is as suffocating as it is mm-hmm. and how it just it sucks the life out of watching a game. That's not on Ottawa. It's not their responsibility to entertain us, but I am concerned if they win the Cup that we're going to see more teams try to do this because, as you said, how sustainable is this? Not not to belittle what they've done, but Boston was extremely beat up in the first round. The Rangers were not the Capitals or the Penguins. <laughs> That's the kind way of putting it. Do you want the New York Rangers. The Rangers' blue light is a train wreck. Let's it's, just say it's that. It's awful. Do you want me yeah. to read you who the Penguins ran out on defense right. last night? Right, and that's, that's the other True, thing. It's like this perfect storm, but still. But the Penguins ran out that defense against the best team in hockey, and they won. Well, no, they had Justin Schultz, though, for those. But yeah. still, I this, mean. This is the Penguins' defense last night. Ron Hainsey, Ole Mata, Ian Cole, Brian Dumoulin, Chad Ruweedle, an injured Trevor Daly and an injured Mark Streit because they had to play seven because they don't have enough forwards because Brian Rust and Patrick Hornquist are both out too. And that's what I'm saying too. It's it's a shame for the Penguins. And I, speaking of Lipinski laments, I mean, how many times has this happened over history? But if Pittsburgh is even remotely I, healthy right now, they're a shoe in to win the, win the cup. 
There I, at I least a shoe in to get to the cup. I would you say. Still, you're gonna look. We're still yeah, gonna look back on the way Nashville's yeah. Nashville's legit. We're, we're, we're gonna look back on the Crosby era, and we're gonna say, "Wow, that's a team that if they just stayed healthy, relatively healthy, they would have doubled their cup total." This year, especially. This, this year, the there are a couple years too. I mean, with Crosby missing extended time, Malkin, Latang, Dupuis. I mean, we go. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, that that team has been just decimated by injuries. Mata, and the and strange physical ailments. Not yeah. like well, a guy banged up his knee, strokes, cancer, concussions. Uh, Broken neck that went unnoticed. I mean, the weird things that just... <laughs> broken neck. He just slipped that one in. Broken neck that went unnoticed. I, 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 I will never understand that. Yeah, I just yeah. will never understand that. Could you imagine if they didn't... Like, Tom Brady had a head injury. Well, maybe that's a bad example. If you imagine Tom Brady, Brady had a head injury that went unnoticed. Give him the name on the show. Yeah, can we get, yeah, can we get Giselle as a, a guest? <laughs> Usually Craig finds the guests. So yeah, yeah, you're a guest guy. Out there. Do you have Giselle's okay. number? Like, Drop that out there. So. Uh, this is... I'm going to throw a couple stats at you with the Penguins, okay? Because... I don't see them coming back in this series. They've scored three total goals, and it's it's not the Penguins. They're missing – you could make a realistic case they're missing six and a half of their best nine players. I mean, Crosby's clearly not 100%. Now, Eric Carlson's not 100% either, so if you're on the ice, you're on the ice. But to miss all these other players that Pittsburgh's missing, they've been outshot in 13 of their 15 playoff games. So it's not like they – I know they cruised through Columbus, but if you watch those games – they were kind of bend, don't break, and then counterattack. Same thing against Washington. They're being outshot in general by seven shots a game uh, in, in these playoffs. And they just, if you just put the lineups and put them in neutral uniforms and put them out there, I don't even know that you would pick the lineup Pittsburgh has over Ottawa's at this point, even if they're just playing both just generic hockey, not that, that weird system that Ottawa plays. It's sad. This is just sad to me. Well, nobody's gonna feel sorry for a team that won the cup last year, but You're I'm just right, saying. But no. yeah, I'd like to see them at something close to healthy. None, those guys aren't gonna play in Game Four either. It looks like Sullivan said probably not. So that's, I mean, that's a loss. Hornquist, Brust, Schultz. They need to win that game because mm-hmm. they need to win that game. The talk at the beginning of the playoffs was, well, how can Pittsburgh win without Chris Letang? At least Justin Schultz, who's not Chris Letang, he was the replacement. Now you've lost him too. So picture basically an NFL team in the conference championship playing with their third string quarterback. And then, oh, by the way, Patrick Hornquist is your only real consistent net front presence, and Brian Rust is your fastest skater and the guy who scores in all the big games. Like, in a game that they have to win, you would expect Rust to go out there and score, and he won't even be playing. I, I can't imagine a way they win the series at this point, unless all these guys come back, which you just told me they're not going to. So They're not going to be for game four, so then you're looking at the prospect of having to win three straight games, yeah. which, I mean... I mean, it can be done, it, but... It, yeah, and if anybody can do it, the Penguins can do that, but not with not being so banged up. And, it just, it and, and how, many, how many of the guys in the lineup, by the way, are... I mean, you can say that about other teams as well, but how many of the guys in the lineup are ding, too, that we don't know about? How, how's Sidney Crosby's health right now? He doesn't look like the same player no, at all. No, he does not. Trevor Daly didn't even look like he was out there. So it's, you're basically playing against their... But at least you've got Duo of Chad Phil, Kessel, and Carter Rowney. Phil Kessel and Gino providing some fire for the team. It was entertaining, at least, in the, uh, the, the second game of the series. Do you buy Sullivan's take on that? I mean, because these things, these things do happen on teams from time to time. You have these sorts of flare-ups. Yeah, I do, because last year the, the big thing was that Crosby and Hornquist would just argue with each other during a game. And they just sort of have that, that chemistry on that team, which I think has served them well. I mean, even when they were here, we saw them practicing, and, and you were there. Get in the locker room, and Chris Letang and, and Crosby are yelling at each other about some game they were playing in practice. I mean, that's just kind of the way they are. 
Kessel and Malkin have those sort of personalities. It doesn't shock me at all that those two were going at it during the game, and then they hooked up on the only goal. And look, <laughs> if Pittsburgh can win games one nothing, they're fine, except now they don't even know who their goalie is for game four. It looks like it's going to be Flurry. So you can't – I don't know that you can really make a change at this point. You're kind of – you're in. It is worth pointing out. Does Man Games Lost, you know that website, Man Games Lost yeah. Injury, do they chart just for playoffs over the years? I'd be really curious to yeah. see where the Penguins rank know. over the past. I thought that site broke down last year when they tried to track Columbus's Man Games Lost. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. short-circuited the site. So, okay. that's the East. Uh, over to the Western Conference. This has been a series. It's been all sorts of entertaining and... Nashville looks like the best team in the playoffs. They really have since day one, if you think about it. I'm not counting the Ducks out yet, though. This is just a, a really entertaining series. Yeah, we definitely don't want to cut, uh, count the Ducks out, but you know, where was this Nashville team four months ago? I, I, I'm still. I, tra- I mean, this is. I mean, we've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. This is what the, this is the Nashville team we expected at the beginning of the season, and it's not like they had a bad regular season, but they weren't anything special. Yeah, the eight seed, they weren't. I mean, yeah, they weren't anything they special. Lighting anything on fire. Eight seed in a, in a conference that had only eight teams even worthy of talking about the playoffs. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they they had. I thought they they were dominant in that last game. You, yes. You look at the shot attempts and possession. They were dominant in that last game. They just couldn't get the goals, but they still won 2-1, and they can win well, they got like 2-1 goals because they're not giving allowed. up any goals at home, by the way. They've given up mm-hmm. seven home goals in six games, which is insane. See, in Nashville, The Blackhawks scored the most goals against them in one game at home. The Blackhawks, who got swept. <laughs> they scored Every two. other team has scored one goal, or, yeah, one goal against them every home game. So you're going to win a lot of games that way, and that goes... Pecorino has been good. He really has been good, and he's probably still their leading candidate for Smythe. But their blue line is just so good. I think Ryan Ellis is right there. He, he is right there. He is. Their blue line is so good. And 36 points hurt. now in 13 games? Mm-hmm. 36 they, points. They've lost. The only major injury I can think of on their team that's keeping a guy out of games is Victor Arvidsson, who was big, obviously. In the first round he was. But yeah. 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 But, I mean, that's you're basically getting Nashville at full strength, so you're going to see their best. Uh, Ryan Johansson against Ryan Kessler is... Becoming one of my favorite and, stories and of the playoffs. As somebody on this panel pointed out, Johansson's gotten the better of him. He has. Yeah. He really has. That was a cheap plug for yeah. Are we a panel at this point? Yeah, well, for, okay. Who pointed uh, it out? Or to call us like a, a group. Yeah, it's Craig. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Let's not be too subtle about it. Let's just say flat out. He has. And, he, uh, he definitely has. He even got to point out that he can't believe how Ryan Kessler's friends or family could cheer for him. Right. It's <laughs> a pretty which, solid Which shot. is funny. And it's, you know, you, you see all the analysis of this that, uh, oh, he's getting under his skin. Well, maybe. Yeah, that you, You're probably a little concerned about that when you have a young player in the playoffs going this far and he hasn't dealt with this before. But if you look at the numbers. If he's, if he's scoring, who cares? He, yeah, he's producing. And, and, oh, by the way, he might be influencing the officials just a little bit to, to be looking for what Ryan Kessler's doing when the, he decides uh, to. The Phil Jackson effect. Right. So exactly. Maybe, exactly. You, you point it out, you point it out, because they'll pay attention, and it works. Plus, some players play better when you get under their skin. I mean, that's, that's not always a good thing. Some guys lose their cool, they get off their game, they take penalties, they, they don't make anything happen. But some guys are much more effective when they're frustrated. Maybe we're seeing Ryan Johansson play some of his best hockey really in his career. I know? think so too. Yeah. I think he's taken a step well, up in everybody's eyes in this postseason. And, and that's a player we've looked at and said, okay, can this guy be a, not, not, we're not talking about upper echelon number one center, but can he be in that class of number one centers? Can he be the lead dog of the forward core and them have success? And it's 
prove they might win can. the cup. They probably be my pick right now to win the I cup. I think they would mind too. They would be my my just sentimental. By pick the way, Philip Forsberg is just ridiculous. Just so good. Yeah. I I don't want to pile on the Capitals, but that continues to oh. be the worst trade in the history of oh, yeah. trades. Oh, we're we're getting to the point where it might be the worst trade in the history of sports. I, <laughs> I know it's the worst in hockey that I can it, remember. It's, it's bad. It's not Babe Ruth, I guess, but I mean we're we're edging towards pretty pretty historic territory. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the worst and or best matchup for the Stanley Cup? I, I will I don't buy into the whole you know, what this market versus that market. Like hockey fans or basketball fans, or football fans, or whatever, they're gonna watch their sport no matter which two teams in terms of market are there. Ottawa versus Nashville, you know, that's the Stanley Cup is when it's on NBC, the the regular NBC, not NBC sports. You're getting the casual sports fan tuning in for those games. I think Nashville against Pittsburgh or Washington or whoever would have been great. Ottawa versus Nashville, I just picture a lot of one nothing games. That's not ideal. And I don't, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll all watch. True hockey yes. fans will still watch the cup final, but I, I think the ratings will be brutal for that series. Especially without Pittsburgh. I think they'll be brutal. And I, I maybe that I, I don't care one. that much about that, to be honest. The NHL clearly cares about that, but... Yeah, it's, it's not going to help but if you have Ottawa and Nashville in the cup final. It's, it's style just, of play, though. It's not even, like, I'm not sure, saying it's that's, star power or it's, it's yeah, market well, or anything. That's just on Ottawa, though. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Nashville's fun But But I think even for the market thing, I think Nashville could be, because, again, Anaheim's not L.A. Yeah. It, it isn't. But nope. I, I think the, the pageantry and the energy that comes out of Nashville could draw some people they're in. Into if it. they're already on there, that could draw people in, the, the celebrity star power you put out there. If it, Pittsburgh would draw people. It's still Sidney Crosby. It's still a major market team. It's a team people know. They can name – ESPN can name more than one of their player names, so you know uh, casual fans can know about it. Uh, who at ESPN? Is there anyone um, uh, John Butchergrass. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, John Butchergrass and then the, the AP feed that they use that gets the scores wrong every night. Um, but, but other than that – uh, but I think that's the big, that's the biggest difference to me. Pittsburgh would be the draw. I'm not sure it's going to matter so much on the other side, whether it's Anaheim or Nashville. Personally, I think Nashville would be an interesting story. I think there's a lot to go there. I, I've been to games at Bridgestone Arena. There's a lot of energy there, and there's been a lot of en- energy at those games for a few years. It's an now. awful I think press now box. Just awful press box. As, yeah, see, I was in the press box. Okay. I don't know, but. Uh, Jamie was the one firing up the crowd before the game, like Marcus Mariota. Yeah. <laughs> what's going to happen after this is that hockey is going to take root in the deep south. And suddenly the SEC will dominate college hockey. That's what's going to come that's, out of this. That's, that's what I'm predicting. Okay. Alabama, Huntsville <laughs> yes, or whatever yeah. Cam Talbot's college was. Um, yeah, I think Nashville Nashville against Pittsburgh would be fun because I think Nashville would then be more fun to watch. But I think if you get Nashville, James Ottawa. James Neal revenge game. Yes, James Neal versus Patrick Hornquist. Uh, if you get – like if Nashville gets up 1 or 2 nothing on Ottawa, all right, you can probably change the channel. And really when Ottawa gets up by two goals – probably change the channel i mean that's just that's what it is so that's yeah. it's not ideal but it's uh it, i don't want to go back to this i don't just don't want to go back this reminds me of jacques demers at, with detroit when they were just playing the trap and they'd win games one nothing they had steve eiserman and nobody else so yeah. please score us a goal steve and we'll win one nothing and yeah. we'll just suffocate the neutral zone and this will be so boring to watch. Well, and for all the talk of we need to shrink goalie pads or make the goal bigger or make the puck smaller or whatever Scoring was up, excitement level was up in these in just games around the NHL, and some of that's Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews coming into the league. But if your Cup champ is, is going out there and doing what Ottawa does, this is going to be it's going to be interesting. Time to take away offside <laughs> to combat that. <laughs> what was the play they keep showing the other night where Pittsburgh's two defensemen had the puck for like twenty three seconds, just passing back and forth because nobody on Ottawa forechecks. 
it reminded me of that Pittsburgh Philadelphia game from a while back. Or no, uh, Pitt, uh, Philadelphia Tampa Bay. Yeah, when Guy Boucher was the coach of Tampa. Yep. And I think it was Chris Pronger just holding the puck, waiting for something for, to happen. I believe almost a minute. They just refused to go in. They refused to go into the neutral zone. They're basically soccerifying hockey. Yeah, that's what they're they're doing, and it's working. So Uh-oh. I'll give them credit. There you go. Luke just took a shot at soccer. Yeah, I don't know that I took a shot at soccer. I just... No, you did. Uh, you I did, though. Shot. Whatever. I'm going to call it a shot. Well, then that's more shots than there more soccer go. games have. I mean, if you want oh, to be technical. Okay. Oof. That was definitely a shot at soccer. Football. Uh, football. Foot, football? Yes. Go ahead. The draft lottery. The NBA draft lottery or the, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, NHL draft it's, lottery? It's fresh on our mind because the NBA draft lottery was two was days less, ago. Yeah. And because of Mark Cuban's comments on the Buffalo Dan Sabres show. owner. Oh, excuse me, sorry, not Buffalo Sabres owner. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. <laughs> we did we did everything possible to lose games. It's refreshing <laughs> that he at least said it. It is refreshing and shocking. It's coming from Mark yeah. Cuban, of all people, who's never been afraid to go against the grain. Yeah, seriously. Right? So, it, yeah, how many, how many teams have actually done this but not admitted it, Buffalo Sabres? Well, yeah. I think it is it, – it, it comes up because yeah, the NBA – I'm sorry. The NBA specifically, they're shameless. Twice. I mean, Dallas, Dallas wasn't, like, at the bottom of the standings either, the no. Mavericks. They were just – once NBA teams get out of it, they all just seem to tank. Yeah. NHL, I don't think it's as prevalent, and I do think there are – degrees of you know, the shades of gray in any sport to a certain extent of if you're trading away guys you can't keep anyway at the deadline and making room for younger players at a certain point you're going to have to do it so why sure. not do it at the end of the season when you're already out of it but if you're trading away goalies like because they had two good starts in a row <laughs> well i can't defend Anderson buffalo for a couple years i, I can't <laughs> buffalo, yeah so there's there's no we're talking about there. buffalo just to make that clear yeah. yes they tanked the buffalo absolutely tanked sabers so mm-hmm. To the draft lottery that we just had in the NHL, which we've talked about a little bit. You don't bit, want to talk about Cuban. Well, what do you want to say? What do you, what do you think of that? What do you think it of it? What are just coming me. out and saying, yes, what do we I, tanked. What do I think as a sports fan, or what do I think if I'm Adam Silver? Because they're two completely different answers. Well, okay, let's go ahead. <laughs> well, I can't Put on your Adam NBA, Silver hat first. Oh, you're obviously not well, happy. Well, hold on. The NBA's already solved their problems. The Lakers have the second pick. So as long as, as the team in L.A. is good, the league's fine. That's all By that the matters. way, if, is there a league that is more... Susceptible to conspiracy theories than, than the NBA oh, when when the Celtics, Lakers, and Sixers yeah. are your top three picks two years in a row. Can't yeah. believe Phoenix I sports mean, team didn't, didn't get luck in the draft. Oh, yeah. Those are historically important franchises to the well, NBA. To me, I'm are. just happy that it looks like Levar Ball is going to have a platform finally to air his grievances. <laughs> finally, we can hear him. That was interesting with Colin Cowherd, but that's we're, we're off topic. We're way off the we're hockey. Not, we're not doing Shocking. an NBA podcast, but. To have an owner come out and say this, obviously Silver's not going to be happy no, with it. No, the league can't be happy because they, it's only PR reasons. I don't think they care. Now, I mean, they care enough in the, if it affects ticket sales, talking about the whole rest issue. I mean, they worry when it affects dollars. And if I was a Mavericks fan that had season tickets, I might be a little upset that, okay, well, you didn't give me a discount when you were purposely losing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just a fan in general, it's kind of what I might want my team to do. See, and this if is, in the long-term picture, I want my I team to be I better. Hate, I hate this. I hate it when fans just, well, our team's losing. Let's tank. It's just gotten so trendy. Well, let's tank. That's just the fun thing to do. You ruin your team, and as we've seen now in both draft lotteries, you don't, it doesn't get you the top pick, it especially de- in the NHL. It, it might. It worked for the Lakers. It that depends. works for the Lakers because the NBA wants the Lakers to have. They've <laughs> well, the number two pick there may be that at play too. But it yes. depends where you are in your rebuild process. If I'm a Flyers fan and I'm out with two weeks to go, let's say, and they were out much later than that, no, I don't want them to take because that's a team that has some sustainable parts that we think could be a playoff team. 
if I'm one of the bottom five or six teams in the league anyway, there's no value in be- getting a mid-round pick now than when I could have got a lower pick. It depends but where you are in the process. This is where my my different versions of, of what you're calling tanking come into play. If you're just purposely running out the worst lineup every night to try to lose games, I just think that's a terrible idea. And the way the lotteries are set up, it doesn't even necessarily benefit you. If you're playing your young players because they need playing time at some point and you need to get them experience, and again, you're getting pieces for your vets, that's different to me. And then if you lose games, so be it. But you know, bringing it back to the NHL lottery, we saw three teams that were nowhere. I guess New Jersey was close to the bottom three. Yeah, they were but one spot ahead of Philadelphia. Won ten games in a row. Yeah, one forty more points in the playoffs. Yeah, so. Forty more points. It's absurd that they got in there. We'll get back to that in a minute. But just with the NBA, I get it more because one player matters so much more in the NBA and than it does in the NHL. Granted, so you have a, de- a Connor McDavid down. or an Austin Matthews. That's a different conversation. But those guys don't come along very often in the NBA. One guy means a lot. Look, we're, we're talking about this all the time. How many times have we mentioned on this podcast that the NBA playoffs are predictable? Why? Because we know who the best players are in the league. If you have one of them, you have a chance to win the title. If you don't, you have no shot. We have a one and two seed playing in each conference final, and all of us saw it coming way ahead of time. I don't know why you think it's predictable, just because the two teams we thought were going to be in the finals 12 months ago haven't lost a single playoff game combined <laughs> yet. I, so I, that's I, what I'm saying. But... With the NHL, it's a, it's a little less clear that you can benefit by this strategy. And, and when you look at this year, I mean... Yeah, it wouldn't have done, done you any good. The, the top two picks probably are decided, but they're not, they're not franchise guys. And then, as, as John Chaiga, the Coyotes GM, said, well, you know, three, seven, does it really matter? It probably I, doesn't. Maybe I'm naive, but I, I really... Probably. It, <laughs> That's just Jamie over there just derailing my brilliant point. No, I, I just I don't feel like this happens in the NHL almost ever, whereas in the NBA it clearly happens because NBA owners are admitting it happens. But in the NHL, I really we can point to that Buffalo example, but it was so extreme, and it was yeah. Connor McDavid that year. Like I don't think any team purposely lost games this year. Colorado was so far behind everybody else anyway. They had no incentive to purposely lose games. The Coyotes got better at the end of the year. I mean, I guess people could point oh, to Vancouver. Okay, from the start. Yeah, yeah, they've been tanking for 82 games. Uh, I, I think it's just because the term tanking bad. now is so prevalent. It, it, it's, it's like the word fake. It's the phrase fake news now. Everybody, okay, well, now that it's a popular word, everybody wants to use it regardless of whether it's applicable or not to the situation they're looking people at. People do it. People there, talk about it in the NFL now. There are very, yeah, and NFL, t- I mean, we've talked about this a lot, a lot of time. But players don't tank and coaches don't tank because they can't. The Colts tanked. Yeah, it's they a management. <laughs> yeah, but they also—I mean—they played the first, they played the whole season without Peyton Manning. I mean, I think that there's a certain element of you get to two or three games left, especially in the NFL, and you realize there is no lottery in the NFL. Yeah. So I guess that's the point here. Does does the draft lottery actually dissuade tanking? And if not, why do we? No, need it? because I think if there's the the incentive that I could improve my chances, people are still going to do it. Yep, you're right, and that's still going to be there. It, you know, people will say, oh, look, it didn't work for some teams this year. It won't matter. I think I, they'll go back to Jamie's thinking, well, our chances are still better. So it's still yeah. not that much we, better. But they but still are the, better the pers- you, in perception as much as anything. If you're looking for that, again, if you're looking for that golden ticket, this is the guy, especially as a GM. No, look, is that a Willy Wonka reference? Was. It was. If you're looking for that golden ticket, who, who's going to save my job if I, if I hit this draft pick? You do it. Jamie's yep. constantly making Willy Wonka references on this show. And quite, M- quite frankly, it's, the air, yeah. well, yeah. 
anyway. Uh, Here's what bothers me about this. It's not the honorable thing to do. And Cuban? You're still talking about Cuban? No, just tanking, oh, period. Yeah. It's not the honorable well, not thing to do. It's not good for your team, do. either. Right. I, I don't think it creates the right culture, but if you do it for one season, you could say, well, you... But it's, it's not honorable. You're supposed to play. You play to win the game. But that's, that a naive, that's obviously a naive yeah. stance to take because where do we honor honorable things anymore? Sorry, going on social commentary here. Oh, boy. We, think about what, when, when we talk about someone being successful, what, what does that mean in American culture? It means they make money. The guy uh, can be a complete yeah. slime ball, cheat on his wife, have all kinds of stuff going on, but he's successful because he makes money. I guess that's the what most do we, what are we view. What are we celebrating? What do we celebrate in this culture? So who cares if the team tanks? Two years down the road, nobody will care if they got that player that made them into a championship team. How many teams, though, that can you look at that you feel, I guess we can't say definitively tanked, but that you feel like have tanked in any of the sports over the last five, ten years that have then gone out and won a championship. The teams that win championships, they're not tanking, ever. Well, I go back to what Jamie said. I think this is a relatively new phenomenon, so let's yeah. let's revisit that in a few years, and we may have some answers But like, I don't feel like Edmonton tanked when they got McDavid. I feel like they just, and why would they? No, they know I they're going to win every like year. They was bad. <laughs> See? Incompetence pays off. Tanking, not so much. I, do, I don't think tanking is a, as big of a problem as I think fans and media make it out to be. I don't feel like there. I don't like it. I don't, but I don't feel like there. But I mean, on the scale, I don't feel like. Well, there's five teams in the NBA that are tanking every year. Well, there might have been five teams that were tanking in the NBA this year. (laughs) Because well, the the NBA, you're. I mean, that's true. You're screwed if you if you're ten. The teams are screwed from the start. Yep. No chance. I mean, there's again, a, it's a, it's a class system there. You mean 10 of the teams? But it's, 28 it's, of the teams it's, it's, were a, it's a numbers start. game, too. It's, 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 it's simple physics, right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't do anything about it. If you don't have one of those players, you're not going you're not to compete. Win. So, again, the, whole, I mean, the, the first two rounds of the playoff are just this charade. It's a joke. Yeah. Why do we have them? First it's for three, revenue. That's why. That's the only reason they exist, because those teams don't have a chance to win. So in the NHL, the lottery the way it is, is it going to stay that way? Interesting, like right after, most of the executives I talked to were, were of the mind, anywhere from, yeah, it's just the system we play under, it stinks, but there's nothing we can do about it. Now, I think, as they've talked to each other, I think this is going to be discussed at the next GM meetings. Good. I've had a couple people tell me that now, that it's going to be discussed at the next GM meetings. Some proposals that might be out there, there, there are some people who feel like a team shouldn't be able to move up more than three spots. Something that I wrote about earlier is something that's also being considered. Uh, if one team jumps in to the, that top three that wasn't among the bottom three in the NHL standings, you reduce the odds for more teams to do it. I, I think if a second team jumps in, you shouldn't even allow a third in. But. Does it matter where they jump in from? Because my, my thought kind of built off yours, and I won't explain mine because it's, it's still kind of complicated, but basically, for me, if, if the fourth worst team jumps into the top three, I'm not just shutting it down. But if Philadelphia jumps in, then I'm saying basically nobody else outside the top three can jump in. Is, does it matter in your system where that first team I think jumps it should. in from? No, okay. I absolutely think it All should. Right. And I'm not even sure, to be honest, if, if, I, if I were setting up the system, Philadelphia wouldn't have a chance at a top three pick. I don't think a team that is that close to making the playoffs deserves one of the top three picks. Again, it has to be a balance between discouraging tanking and rewarding the bad teams so that they get better because that's how you keep turning over your league. Yep. That's how you keep parity. You have to... It has to be an equal focus. It should be the heavier focus to Maybe. Me. Especially, again, in the NHL, there's just not... 
nearly the amount of tanking that there would be in the NBA. So I kind of get why you have the lottery in the NBA, but the focus in the NHL needs to be rewarding the worst teams and making them better. I shouldn't say rewarding, but helping the worst teams. Because there isn't another Connor McDavid coming along for, what, another 20 years for all we know. And even then, like, there was... You could make a case there was one team tanking that year. So I just... You don't want to react just to that. You want to make sure that the teams at the bottom are getting better because otherwise you're going to keep seeing the same teams at the bottom every Which year. Which is, again, the whole point of the draft. And the, the, the That's why it was initially constructed. Is to make sure you turn over the bottom of your league. I, I would be in favor of, as I talked about last week, ca- a cap. This is, you can't go more than three or five, whatever one spots Yeah, and that's, up that's what you have to You don't have to change anything else. You don't have to change the percentages. Spots. But you just can't, you can't, if you're the 13th, 13th spot, if you get drawn into the lottery, you could jump all the way up to eight, and that's it. Yeah, I yeah. might even be okay with like five. Spots, I like five. Like you said. Five's a good. Yeah, number. I think three is too small. Because if the yeah the fifth worst team is picking first, I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, and that way and they the could bottom just be four points better than the worst right. team too. Yeah. And now we nobody outside of the the bottom six could have the top pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. I like that. I mean, so, I mean that's that's what I would do. Because again, I don't think it's going to be. I just don't think it's a massive, massive issue that they're trying to solve. I just think that for a team, it, it's going to cause more problems if you have your middle class teams stealing the top talent away from the teams that really need the help most. There's no team in the league right now that needed more help than the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Or that, that's the team that should have had the number one pick this well, year. They should have, yeah, they should have been, well, they should have been top three. Yeah. You, you almost they should, you should been, have said, absolutely, should have been Vegas, locked. you're getting in the they top three. They should have been you, locked yeah. in the top No three. lower than top they're, than three. They're, yeah. They have two actual players. Right, and they just paid $500 million. <laughs> they they, they deserve a spot. Yeah. yeah. But, it, I mean, I can I ask this question? Why... Was it so difficult to come to this realization? When this current system was constructed, which just started this year, by the way, after Topic being in the lottery last year, why didn't people see the possible problems with this and say, well, wait a minute, that might not be a good idea. Why wasn't deeper analysis done to prevent this? Because clearly there are a lot of people that think it's a problem now if the GMs are going to be discussing it at the next meeting. Well, how, how, come we did, how come we're getting there now? Well, ultimately, when I look at this, what, what was Colorado's odds of getting the number one pick? Like 20%? I can't remember the yeah, number. I I mean, that so my thought would be right there, the, the, the percentages need to be skewed a lot higher. Mm-hmm. If I'm the worst team in the league, I only had a, it's going to be something like 58% chance of picking the top three. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, and we talked about this a little bit off the air, but I'll just repeat it for the people that are listening because they're more important than us anyway. If you look at a team like Philadelphia had about a 3% chance of picking number one overall or number picking where they pick, they're picking two, they had about a 3% chance of picking second in this draft. So you look at that and you're like, okay, well, 3%, that's nothing. Okay, well, that's fine, but a team like Vegas had an 11% chance of picking first or second or whatever. Right. So it's, it's when you just put it one-on-one against other teams, it's not that big of a difference. The numbers need to be more skewed. Yeah, because everybody looks at the very bottom and they say, oh, well, Philadelphia only has a 5.7% chance of jumping in the top three. But they never look at the top and say, wait a minute, the worst team in hockey is basically a coin flip away from not picking in the top three. Yeah. Does that make sense? That, it's... Colorado's chances of picking number one overall were 18%. Or oh, what about two and three? Uh, I don't have that here. Right. But, eight, but, but so, Okay, but to pick in the top three, Colorado's chances were 48% okay, combined. So less than a coin flip. Whereas... Yeah, that's insane. Th- th- I think if people looked at it that way and said, wow, the worst team in the league doesn't even have a 50-50 shot at picking in the top three, and, and we would say, case, wow, that's a problem. A historically bad Colorado team. I mean, they were horrible. And then even if you want to look like... 
Dallas, who won the Central Division two seasons ago, right. had a 6% chance of picking number one overall. So And 6.4% chance of picking third, which is where they ended up. You look at the numbers for all these teams yeah. that, they, that they hit on, Devils 8.5% chance of picking first, Flyers 2.4% yeah. chance of picking second, and Dallas 64 of picking third. And it all played out. That's what it, that answers your question of why are they just talking about this now? Because this year was an anomaly in the sense that all three of those spots were taken by teams that, quite frankly, don't deserve to be picking why there. Why even True. make it possible? But, but no see, need to. But see, I think that's the thing. You don't make it possible and skew the percentages more. Yeah. Because again, I, the fundamental flaw is not that necessarily that those teams got in. It's that the teams at the top had a very small chance of actually staying there. A team with two hockey players on it had a, what, a 39% chance of staying in the top three? 30. 30. A 30.7%. Not even one in three. They have no hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Vegas had a 30.7% of picking in the, a chance of picking in the top three. The Coyotes, the same thing. And they were the second worst team for the majority of the season. Vancouver, who is flat out horrible, had a 35% chance it, of it picking in the top no, three. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And if you, if you cap how far teams can go up and you skew the percentages, which you can do both at the same time, you'll be golden. So let's just play this out real quick then. When you're actually doing the lottery, mm-hmm. they, they draw for the first pick first, right? I mean, they, re, they reveal them in reverse order, but don't they actually draw for the first pick and then draw for the second pick and then draw for the third pick? That's how we do it. So let's say, let's say you draw Philadelphia, or let's just say it played out this, the way it went this year. New Jersey, you draw for the first pick. They get it because yeah. they, they were fourth worst. Yeah. Then Philadelphia comes up next. You just move them up to whatever, sixth. I guess they were 11th worst so you move them yeah. up to sixth and then what happens in that second spot who well, stays you start okay so if, you, if you're drawing for the top three then everybody else then would fall into place so you so draw if they're, all, if they're in five, so if you're drawing all of them and you draw all three and let's say it's like whatever new jersey philadelphia and they go up to six and seven all right so the teams that were in six and seven drop okay so, so you, the team that was in six now will drop to eight you're not still drawing for number two over and over again until you get somebody in there no i mean you I think you don't have to change the way you draw. You just when you draw them and you move them up the spots because okay. yes, our teams are going to get they're going to fall. But again, they can never fall more than three spots. They can never you know if they can't fall more than three spots because you're only drawing for the top three and then everybody else falls in place. Yeah. So I believe if we if if, if we did that this year, it would have been it would have gone New Jersey, Colorado, Vancouver. And correct? it's the middle. And what you're doing if you especially if the bottom teams get it, you're turning over the middle class. You're not turning the middle class on top of your teams that are needy. You're turning over in that case your seven, eight, nine, ten teams that are dropping a spot to account for Jersey coming up. I, I think you have to do this. I mean, how quickly would they change it? Would they change it by next year? I have no idea. I mean, it's, it doesn't even. It's they, not even they, on the table yet. They so. could. I don't, I don't, I'm not anticipating they there's will change be, it that quickly. But. There's got to be some deep analysis of this. You've got to look at all of these issues that we're talking about. And that's what, that was my point earlier. Why wasn't this deep analysis done before now? Now, you can, you can certainly say, well, thank goodness it happened this year because... And not the last two years? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you imagine? No, it would have been criminal. Well, I mean, it wouldn't... How much would it really – would it have been the worst thing in the world if New Jersey got McDavid or Matthews? I mean, they've been b- bad for a couple of years. But where you start to look is, does Philadelphia deserve Patrick Laine? Although, right. at the same time, did Winnipeg deserve Patrick Laine? They, they were basically the seventh worst team last year. So yeah. it almost – what happened last year was almost a bigger deal in some ways in terms of the actual players that teams got. Because Toronto was the worst team. They, by that metric, deserved Matthews. But Winnipeg was a near-playoff team. Winnipeg should be a playoff team. I don't know what they're doing. And they added a guy that might score – he might score 50 goals at some point the way he plays. Mm. 
So I don't know when we're going to see a change, if we see one, but I will say that the NHL in, in years past, they don't drag their feet, and I've made this reference before, but it's not like college football where if they decide they need to make a change, it will be implemented in 2038. Yeah. Like the NHL yeah. will do it next year or the year after. They, I think they need to, That's that, and that's the thing. That's, that's what you hope, that there's yeah. enough momentum among the GMs to actually get it done immediately. Yeah. And, and there may be. It, it's, it's tough to say. It's tough to gauge. But it's at least going to be on the table. And I hope that once it becomes on the table, all these issues become clear and they realize, hey, this is a, this is a flawed system. And you can probably poke holes in any system that you implement. But this one was so obvious and so egregious that you've got to fix it now. I just picture all the GMs in a room demanding change and Ron Hextall sitting there with his arms crossed saying, eh, I like the system the way it is. So that, that's where we're at right now. Do we want to and take- GM, GM of the year candidate Peter Shirelli, too. Yeah, we okay. We do what? need to talk about that because he's what? probably going to win, isn't he? Don't you think he's going to win? I, I my pick is David Poyle. Like, I don't know. Congra- congratulations, especially on because it's done after the second round of the playoffs, so it accounts for what's happened. Okay, I, I gotta believe it's David Poyle. But if if Shirelli <laughs> wins after trading Taylor Hall, literally any cognitive human being would have made the Connor McDavid pick. I think you, don't get, own, you don't get any credit for that. Our own editor, Car- Carolyn Wilkie, tweeted, being. congratulations on not trading Connor McDavid. Hey, that should be worth something. Right? <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Shirelli, How Shirelli is this did, guy a candidate? So, Shirelli didn't draft the young defensemen that are coming up. They, he traded Taylor Hall for a significantly worse hockey player. He signed Milan Lucic until 2030. To a, a terrible deal. <laughs> well, I'm trying to pull up all the Oilers transactions from the last 12 months to see what, what could win him this. Maybe, maybe you guys are leaving something out. I mean, I mean, yes, Cam, Cam Talbot. Okay, that was good signing. He did recall Anton Lander, but that wasn't was Cam Talbot. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, but that's it. What else? What else did he? Cam, it was Talbot, Lucic. But it's GM what? of the year for this year, right? Yeah, Cam Talbot wasn't this year. Yeah, Talbot was two years ago. but still, then what so, are we giving him an award for? We're giving him an award know. for trading Taylor Hall that's for the Oilers cool. making the playoffs after ten oh. years, which was Connor McDavid's doing, not yes. his. No, and people other think Taylor Hall trade was coaches. good. I know. No, people in Edmonton think it was good. Yeah, no anybody, rational person thinks that's a good trade. He's a finalist, and that's all he did. That's the <clears> only <throat> significant move he made. I just read you the other one. He recalled Anton Lander on April 20th. You think that's what pushed him over the top? <laughs> I, I have yeah, but, but I mean, no but, earthly yeah, idea why I, he's I, a candidate. And, and sometimes, None. sometimes the, the uh, like the lifetime achievement gets wrapped into it, even though it's not supposed to. But so there's not even there for trading Tyler Sagan in Boston too. Is that what you're saying? Who would your three GM Ooh. candidates be? Okay, hold on. Who, who are the actual three for the listeners? With Peter Chiarelli, it's David Poyle. Who's the third one? And then I'll, I'll sit here and I'll kind of look through who who I would pick for this year. Uh, that's a tough call. I know Minnesota's already regretting trading for Martin Hansel, so they're probably not going to be sending any. Pierre Dorian was, was the other one. Okay. For, and that's that's legit. So, I'm probably just giving it to Poyle. I mean, I mean Poyle would be my this is the first choice. Yeah, that's that's a pretty clear one. I think it is. I think it's it's obvious to be honest. But yeah, I don't really, I don't, I don't look at any other team and thought, yeah, they made the moves this particular year that warranted. Yes, I would rather GMs. give it to George McPhee than Peter Chiarelli right now because he's signed two players in Vegas. Yeah, look at what he has to work with. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could you could look at. You, you, well, I mean, they, they bowed out in the second round. But you look at the Capitals, too. What, what more could they have done 
to put themselves in position, even when got Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, not the GM's fault. In in terms of of just the GM, there's not any more that Brian McClellan could have done this year. Lou Lamarillo, maybe, maybe, but all he did was draft. How about Chuck Fletcher, another one. I mean, Stahl turned into a really nice pickup for them. That's true. That yeah, okay, that counts. So I don't know why Shirelli's even on this list. Yeah, he wouldn't be in my top. That's a joke. Ten. That's just simply people looking at the team getting better and assuming the GM must have had something to do with it. And again, he did go out and get Cam Talbot, but that was two years ago. And he did draft Connor McDavid, but as Jamie pointed out, what did you call him? Any cognitive human? Yes. <laughs> Maybe that should just be a candidate. Any cognitive human. The uh, the NHL released their top twenty greatest teams of all time. You guys have any interest in that? In no particular order. For some reason, they always release these things in no particular order. So that, that way they don't have to be accountable for anything. Yep, that's exactly right. It's just all Canadians, Islanders, Oilers. Um, I guess there's three Penguins teams in there. But the majority of this is just Canadians, Islanders, Oilers, Penguins, and a couple Red Wings. And that's it? Pretty much. I mean, there's only 20 teams. So you're talking, like all those Dynasty Oilers and Islanders teams, that's three and four years right there in a row. That's seven years. There's only no, three They Canadian chose the 2009-10 Blackhawks instead of the... Uh Instead of the uh, lockout year one when they were just ridiculous, where they didn't dominant. lose for like they two months. Through this. That's that's odd. That is that's kind of weird. They didn't pick the uh, 08 09 Penguins, but they picked last year's Penguins, which I guess last year's Penguins team was more dominant. If you compare yeah, last year's. The 08 09 Penguins were a better team. <sighs> they were a better, better team. team. But last and they, had, year they played better. a much better opponent in the final. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was Detroit at the. At the height of their. That was yeah. Detroit. That was, that was a Detroit's year after last stand won. of being an elite. But with Lindstrom. Datsuk and Zetterberg. Yeah, they were good. That was, I miss those. I do too. Cup matches. I, I, Crosby, Zetterberg, Datsuk, Malkin, Pittsburgh fighting for their first cup, Detroit defending a dynasty. Or Hoss hey, on both sides. this is why I've been wanting to see. That's why I want to see the Blackhawks play the Penguins in the final. Would you settle for? I want for, one of those marquee matchups once in a while. What about Ottawa Anaheim? Would you, you settle it. for Ottawa Nashville? No, no, um, let's, let's break it. Would you settle for Cody Cece against. Um, <laughs> Who's bad on Nashville? There really aren't any any bad players on Nashville, but it's, it's, <sighs> this is starting to feel like that Carolina Edmonton Cup. It does, doesn't it? That's exactly what I feel like. Uh-huh. This is that anomaly year where we're just going to walk away from the season and say, okay, the best team did not win the Cup this year. Reset and be better. Yes, said reset will be better next year. Be better hockey next year. But that's the thing. Carolina and Edmonton, that didn't set the league back. I understand that. No, it was just the stuff that happened the year before that did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know what the excuse is this year. Why we? Yeah. What happened? Ottawa found a a loophole. I don't want to take credit away from Ottawa. I mean, again, if I'm running a team and I don't have the talent of these other teams, I'm gonna. They're not cheating. I'm gonna find the best way I can it's, to win it's games. Spread offense. But I don't have the talent to play the game. The, I don't, I don't, oh, it's so right I don't have the talent to play stuff. real football, so I have to play spread offense. But. Your job is to win, and I don't blame teams for doing that. It's, it's not right. even it's not the spread fun. offense. It's like when a college basketball team just dribbles out the shot clock. They just kill off 30 seconds every time down the court and try and win games yeah. like 48 to yeah. 44. That's yeah. what Ottawa's Jacksonville doing. State, don't ask me why I know that. Yeah, the way Princeton <laughs> used to play, right? Don't ask me why I know that. Ottawa is Jacksonville State. That's what we've established okay. today. That's, a jo- that's an inside joke that this office will get. Nobody's here that would get it, but they that's would good. get it. So at this point, For it's no particular reason, inside the, joke with the, the pace of Jacksonville State scoring points mattered at some point. That's all I'm saying. To, to you? To, to the office, yes. Potentially one other person that's not even in this offense and Jacksonville State. Yeah, shout out to Jacksonville State. Okay. Yeah, I hope they're all listening. All right, a couple of uh, listening Big questions here. Guy. Unless you guys have anything else you want to throw out there. Did you see the comments of uh, Minnesota's owner that they already regret trading for Martin Hansel? Are we just going to glaze over that? No, I don't think we should glaze over that at all. No, okay. Uh, 
So in retrospect, they gave up three, three pretty decent picks. Are, are teams going to ever trade for a Coyote center ever again at the deadline? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's not the first franchise you look to when you're thinking about centers. But, but it was this year. I mean, at the it trade was. deadline, that's what teams did. It was. And uh, still think they should got. Are we? Sh- I mean, are we shocked? Still should have gotten a prospect. Yeah, I mean, you're not happy with that from the Coyotes' perspective, and Minnesota's not happy from Minnesota's perspective. Those so. are the best trades when both sides think they lost. <laughs> Everybody wins. Well, the Coyotes don't think they lost. They got draft three draft. No, they got picks, dream, so. yeah, they got picks. And as we said, if they, if they turn those around into assets, or they'll be fine. Just, and that's the thing. It's if it's they don't. less certain than an established prospect, and Minnesota had enough of them that you could have you could have done that. Have we figured out when that that pick? is yet you know i meant to ask that too. i guess we could it's got to be yeah i can do the math it's like 23 maybe yeah i'm trying to look it up and of course uh, it's, it's not on here but either way so the coyotes have the seventh pick in the draft do you think they're keeping that or? i have my doubts okay you have yeah, your doubts I don't, I don't. that they would prefer to keep it I mean, if they don't get a good offer they'll keep it yeah they'll keep it if they don't get a good offer of course but i i really think that they're i don't think the coyotes are going to do much of anything in free agency aside from their own rfas i think they will be looking in the trade routes in fact, that was John Chayka's exact quote to me. If I am shopping, what, what was it? I'll call it up while you, while you okay. talk. Well, Phil Aaron. But, but it's something that we've talked about before. That's all I'm doing over here. With the expansion draft, with Vegas being there, there's a, there are, and now what we talked about last week with from Pierre Lebrun, the, the, the early window, there's a lot of opportunities to run cap and run dollars through the Coyotes. The Coyotes are going to be the NHL yep. money launderers. I like that. I like that too. Like Vegas that. comes into the you league. Just write that blog. And we instantly have money laundering. I might get a call from somebody. Money I, launderers of the I might league. get a nice little email from, from somebody if do I you, if Do I you want people that. to pull up your name when they when they Google money laundering? I don't, I don't know if you want to go down that path. Uh, but and, the Coyotes have a very unique opportunity where they have a ton of cap space in I a like time it. where unique teams are opportunity. Yeah. I'm like selling timeshares. Here it is. Can I gently use David Clarkson? He has not been gently used. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. And a nice lakeshore view. Here's that John Chica quote. If I'm looking to shop down an aisle, the trade aisle would be the likely one. That's fantastic. I like that quote. Yeah, of course. That's a beautiful quote. I like Chica's quotes. They're getting more and more like unique. Yep. yep. Yeah. He's going to get to the point where he has a voice where if you just hear his quote, you and know he knows it's an NHL GM, you know it's him. <laughs> yeah. uh, everything that I have heard is that that Minnesota pick for the Coyotes is 23, and now that I look it up, it says 23 here as well. So I'm going to assume it's the 23rd pick in the draft. Let's go with that. So they pick 23rd and they pick 7th. You could package those for a active current player that could step in and, and play but, for you right now. But who? But who? I, I'm very curious mm. to see, again, in, in Chaika's second draft, how, how he values draft picks compared to other GMs. Me too. Especially in a class that is considered by experts to be not very strong. He has said that himself. He said the uncertainty creates opportunity. Is, it, is this class, just to be clear for everybody that's listening, because we constantly hear, oh, this class is not as strong. Are we saying it's not as strong as the last two years when there's two Hall of Famers at the top of the draft? From, from what I've heard, again, I'm not a draft expert. But from okay, what I've heard, it's obviously we lack the, the superstar talent at the top, but I believe the overall depth in terms of, what, of where GMs and scouts think will be top six players or top four defensemen is lacking compared to what they thought the last two drafts would be. But okay. again, this is... It's all a crapshoot anyway, It is right? going to be players. Lottery could be wrong. Yes, Lottery will be players. We're going to look back on this draft in four or five years, and we're going to see a guy that maybe a guy that went seventh or a guy that went 23rd or a guy that might – we're going to see a guy in the second round that's an yeah. all-star. I mean, that's just the way drafts work. Just to give you an example of how I'm feeling about the Coyotes this year, 
like every year I'll, I'll look at their draft position and then I'll identify a few players, you know, through conversations, through scouting reports that I think they might select with that pick. This year, I'm not even sure I'm going to write that story because I almost feel like it's a, a waste of time because I'm really not convinced they're keeping this. I think they're going to try really hard to move this pick for an existing player. If you write the story, make sure the tagline is, this might be a waste of your time to read this. I should do that. Because people really, they like to click on things like that. It's not a waste of time because if you write it, even if the Coyotes trade the pick, you can assume that whoever trades in is probably taking a player yeah. in that range. And teams, get, and teams get antsy on draft day too. If, we're still, if they're still sitting there with those picks on draft day, when that player's on the board still, it's a little bit, there's a little bit more sense of urgency to trade up for that pick than there is maybe today. And it's, it's going to be crazy how things play out with the expansion draft being so close to the draft, how it's going to... Yeah, you don't and know I'm sure that all these teams probably have these... Conjun- okay, if we do this in the expansion draft, then what does our draft look like? What, are our, what do our needs look like? You have to be able to adjust so quickly because there's just not a lot of time yeah. between those two. For instance, let's say the Coyotes get their right-handed defenseman they want in a trade with Anaheim. Then suddenly, what, okay, what are you doing now? You're, you're desperately trying to find a center through a trade. So that that's becomes your focus at the draft, probably. There, I don't know if anybody's trading those centers or if there's even a guy you want. Yeah. But Well, I mean, when you, when you open, when you just look at free agency, there's not much when, in terms of centers out there. When you open the, when you go down that trade aisle, it's, yes. um, that opens the door quite a bit more. And when you have, a seven, when you have two first-round picks, two picks in the top 25, like Jamie said, we're going to sit here and talk about this class isn't as good as, as some of the recent classes, but when we actually get to 24 hours within the draft and teams have made their boards and a team, a team has a guy they like third most and he's still sitting there at seven, they might be willing to make a trade with the Coyotes because that's the guy they want in the draft. Yeah. So it happens all the time in all the sports. I mean, I do my, my patent cross-sport reference, like what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. Yeah. They didn't have to trade up to 10 to get Patrick Mahomes, but they didn't want to risk not getting him. Well, how about the Bears? Or what the Bears? I was just going to say that. Or what the ba- oh, wait, no, that doesn't oh, apply. That doesn't. The Bears. <laughs> what would that equivalent be in hockey? I don't know. That would be yeah, the like, Bears didn't want to risk getting the player they literally would have gotten if they the, didn't do anything. It would be like having Peter Shirelli running your draft board. Uh, Ryan Pace, GM of the year candidate. Well, the Sabres pick eighth and the Coyotes pick seventh. So that would be like the Sabres giving the Coyotes Ryan O'Reilly to move up one spot. Yeah. That's about what it would be like. I'd take that deal. So they could draft Owen Tippett. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, to your point, though, Craig, with the chaos that we're going to see, mm. basically in the week leading up to the week of the draft, the expansion draft, the award show, too, there's opportunity here not only for, for GMs to really make some moves, there's opportunity for GMs to really screw up because we oh, haven't yeah. had yes. a stretch like this. And there will be screw-ups. Oh, there yeah. will be colossal screw-ups. We're going to see which GMs were actively prepared for the, the worst-case scenario and which ones were sticking their head in the sand. I'm just going to sit back and eat popcorn. And sadly, I'm looking forward more to this right now than the Stanley Cup after the if, first portion of our. If podcast. I'm a Coyotes fan or a, I guess a Golden Knights fan, I'm starting to. If you're in Vegas and starting to just say I'm going to adopt the new team, I'd be extremely excited for what this is going to bring. Pre-draft. What, what if you're looking at if, if you're the Coyotes in this draft, and you want a center desperately, you want a number one center, you don't think Dylan Strom is going to be a number one center. You'd rather have him in the two or three slot. You're probably okay with trading both of those first-round picks to get what you need, right? Even if it's a guy like Alex Galchenyuk or Derek Stepan, you'd probably make that move because those players are probably 
as good as anything you're going to get in the draft, and they're further along in their development, And right? it's highly unlikely, based on the players we see there now, that you're going to get a player that's going to impact your team in the next two years. It's going to make a major impact on your team. Especially not being in the top two, yeah. And again, I think this is where it's interesting to see how Chaika values these draft picks, because you have the you know, one in the hand is worth, you know, two in the bush. You're starting to think about... I never understood that expression, did you? <laughs> no. No, but I'm to think about will explain it because because I think Willie sometimes Walker. around draft time in all sports tangible players and assets that are proven get undervalued for potential. Sure, but do birds actually hang out in bushes? Or are they actually? They did back in the '30s. Okay. Saying. okay. Birds couldn't fly back. No, just Sean okay. Spicer. I didn't know that. Wow, <laughs> we've gone everywhere. We've just. So far oh, off the rails, we're almost no, on a different I'm glad, set of rails. I, I'm glad we. I'm, I'm always happy to make that diversion. <laughs> The absurdity of the White House. <laughs> oh boy! All right, uh, but but that's I would steer this to the hockey team in Washington, but that doesn't help. So just the, the Coyotes are still a couple. They're still a couple years away, even best case scenario, from being a team that's anything more than fringe playoff contenders. I, I mean, are they? But, let me ask you this: Are they a couple years away from being what Ottawa is this year? Y- yes. Okay. They are. They don't. But again, it's going to depend. What on, don't they uh, have? Don't, don't don't I don't I don't want to think Forwards? about that. Okay. What does what don't they have that Ottawa has? Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson okay. for one. Eric Carlson's it. I mean, they have Oliver. They have Oliver Larson. Larson. I think almost be. every center that is on Ottawa is better than any center currently on the Coyotes but until we see how like they develop. Not like years better. They're producing now for that system. Yeah, They're not Thurston. producing. Terrence and Prasad are better than anybody on the Coyotes today. But today, not three years from now. You're but not talking today. about Jonathan Taves and Connor McDavid. You're just talking about two guys that can skate. You're forward. not talking about Brad Richardson and Christian Dvorak. Yeah, either. The, the flip like, side of the, the the Ottawa thing is, if somebody can prove that you can win a cup without a franchise center, maybe that changes the way the league goes. Ottawa's I mean, maybe, gonna. It, it, it makes sense in some ways when you think about the ice time that Carlson logs. He's out there for half the game. Yeah. Centers don't do that. Your top center doesn't do that, so it makes sense. You've he, said. Yeah, but I mean, you're but not going to have an Eric Carlson, but but I think you can get away with it if you have elite pieces elsewhere. I still think Ottawa's an anomaly, but I think you can win with the Nashville formula. We'll see. One of one of the, if Pittsburgh gets eliminated and Anaheim gets eliminated, somebody's going to win the cup yeah. without a franchise center, and that hasn't happened in a long time. But it's different for me with Nashville because Nashville has very good forwards and just a stud defense and a really yes. good goalie. But there's no reason that Coyotes can't replicate what Nashville is doing in a couple years. There's no that's, reason And they that's can't. what I'm saying. It's, it would be nice to see that possibility, right? Because the last team to win without a franchise center was New Jersey. But Ottawa's not even just winning without a franchise center. They're winning with six top six forwards that might be not be top six forwards on other teams. They would win with... Yeah, that's crazy. You, have an elite, you don't have elite pieces elsewhere. You have elite Eric Carlson elsewhere. True. And that's it. So... I. Maybe maybe the the lone bright side to this is it does get teams that aren't great believing that they can win quicker. I guess. Although I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I, I just I, th- I think you you can't change your strategy based on what Ottawa is doing. I don't I that's don't fair. think that there's sometimes you look at a team and say, oh wait, okay, are they doing something revolutionary? Is there something in their evaluation process? Is there something in their style? And there's sometimes you guys say it's just kind of fluky. And I think I think this is more of you got you have an otherworldly player, a relatively easy path, and it all came together for them. Yep. And credit to them, but I don't know if that's something like, no, I need to change my team to be that format. Yeah, I don't think you would change your team. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that obviously none of the teams in the playoffs this year that have a lot of talent are going to change and try and play that because system. Because teams tried to play like L.A., but they missed the part where they had the puck. 
Yes. Teams they built they built like they were trying to play in the '90s. Oh, these are big guys that maybe don't skate incredibly fast, but they're physical. Yeah, but they had the puck always. And teams tried to do that with players who couldn't possess the puck, and it failed miserably across the board. This is kind of the same deal. Like you just you have to see what what are they actually doing well, and what can I learn from it versus saying I'm just going to copy what they're doing. I hear you, and I hope you're right. And, and I don't think that 20 teams are going to go out and try and copy Ottawa, but I think there's going to be teams. I, mean, I hope Vegas doesn't try and copy Ottawa. Vegas doesn't isn't going to copy anybody right now. They're so far away from be being relevant for a while. Is that Reed Duke? They're going to be. They got oh. Rick Bronstein now too from the Coyotes. Oh, <laughs> See, they're they're building something over there. They got some pieces. They got yeah. George. It's McCain. going to be a long time before we talk about Vegas and yep. Wildcard. Yep. Long time. All right. We want to get to these uh, listener questions. Sure. Yes. Let me pull them up. One of you talk now. All right, I'll, I'll, I, I found them. We'll start with. Uh, you didn't get time. the opportunity. All I did I know. was catch my breath. First, the email from. Uh, well, you ate all that Burger King, so you're going to be such slowed a down. Yeah. One of you talk. Oh wait, no, I'll talk again. Yeah. You weren't filling the air time with anything good, so. I yeah, Luke, Luke never gets any air time, so <laughs> no, like he's no. got to he's got to soak it up. He doesn't, you know, do multiple podcasts. He isn't on the radio here in Arizona. At all, never. I've never heard him on the radio. He's got to get all I the air like time. I feel like this is his get. chance to assert himself after being alongside Paige. Yeah, that's I'm, that's I'm true. I down for a half hour. Yeah. I, I do listen to that podcast occasionally, and you, you don't. You do not get a word in edgewise. I don't. I, a lot of times, I just leave the room for long periods of time. I come back, and she's just finished talking and doesn't. Yeah, even like I couldn't I tell left. if you were even around when she was talking about the Trubisky pick. <laughs> no, you, you you could have left the room for five minutes and come back, and I wouldn't notice. I, I didn't just leave the room. I went home, and I recorded my thirty seconds of audio and, and tied it in there at the end. It's much more efficient that way. And we got an email from Charles Wang. I'm assuming ah, Charles Wang, owner, former owner. owner. I, I, it has to yeah. be right. Uh, how many? How many could there be? And uh, <laughs> tell him I'll have his money next week. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I won't read the whole email, but basically, this was in reference to the. Uh, we've been trying to fix the draft lottery for a while. Yeah. To the uh, the Shane. Dome We're gonna make the draft lottery great again, guys. <laughs> proposal that doesn't have the same ring to it as other. No. Um, we should sell hats. The gold that. plan. Or whatever Jamie gold, was calling the gold, it, the gold standard. The gold standard. Jamie was calling it, named after Adam Gold. Apparently, it's really not the gold standard, actually. But, go but, ahead. Uh, but so there's, and we had multiple people send us. This is where teams would have picked, and for the most part, everybody had the Coyotes picking second under that plan. A couple people had Winnipeg picking first. Uh, I believe Charles had Colorado picking first. But you know, either way, it, it would have been different. He. I, we're just giving him a shout-out because he sent us this huge spreadsheet with yeah. how the league would look different if you had the 3-2-1 the point system in terms of winning in regulation versus winning in overtime. He did break down what the draft order would have been like, and he, he did have, oh, it's under a 3-2-1 system, he would have had the Coyotes picking first. Yeah, okay, so he, he agreed. It would have been Winnipeg picking first under just the current system and the Coyotes picking second with that Shane Doan slash gold plan slash whatever, so... I don't think the league's ever going to go to that. Nope. But it's interesting. No. I'm still I'm still a two zero guy. Two zero. Two zero. Two zero, and then yeah. Hmm? I don't like the three. I don't like the three two one. I don't like. I don't like. I'm not a big fan of loser points. I think all games should. But I don't. I don't like. I don't like them either. I don't think you should get anything for losing a game. I think and, and all out, games should even count. Even in the shootout, don't yeah, care. No, I, I agree. I think if you lose, I'm two zero all the way. If you lose, you lose. Sorry. Remember when the NHL had like six spots in oh. the standings? You were like, "Oh, this team's 17. You know what's four, missing? Nine, what's three, consistently missing from the standings? The column that's consistently missing is winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Put it in there so I don't have no, to no, listen we, we, to you telling me you're playing 500 hockey when you're you've actually lost nine more games than you've won. NHL can't make room because they have to have the ties column. Yes, you got to have that there. 
because overtime loss column or whatever. No, no, no. Literally, for the first two months of the season, they had a ties column. Why? It's not the NFL. We don't have ties anymore. Anyone who's been on NHL.com can probably figure out why. Okay. All right. MLB Advanced Media continues to excel in the online game. Jamie's shots have been more subtle and veiled this week, but they're still there. You call these veiled? I don't know how veiled these are. <laughs> by, by his I, I have a couple of greatest hits. MLB Advanced Media, uh, Fox Sports 1. Like, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of them the that Fox I just – Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Swing away. Yeah, I said, there's, I think that there's a lot of them. Well, you, you well, we, we did bring up Fox Sports. Vested interest in that one. You know what it is? We teed you up for Chiarelli so many times on the show today, and you really never took the bait, but you lashed out against well, everybody else. Well, because here's the thing. Like, Chiarelli, again, he's, he's a general manager I don't think has done a great job. Guys, people at Fox Sports 1 are spewing garbage but and are actually, are actually causing right, harm. because nobody's watching. I know, luckily. It's all right. Luckily. I don't even remember what I said. I don't know, because we went up with the Colin, Colin Coward interview earlier. I forgot, who, I forgot who he was interviewing. Uh, but it was, oh, LeVar yeah, LeVar Ball. Ball. Yeah, How can you forget well, that? That one was crazy. Finally, LeVar Ball gets a platform to talk, like you said. <sighs> yeah. All right, Greg. I digress. Neil on Twitter, at okay. Greg Neal. This, okay. this is in reference to last week when we, uh, we talked at length about what the Capitals might be able to do. And I think we all agreed you don't, you're not trading the Vetchkin. But if you no. want to make a trade, maybe Backstrom's the guy because you can still get a lot for him and you don't seem to be winning with him. By seem to, I mean you aren't winning cups with him uh so greg wrote in backstrom for dylan strome and arizona's two first round draft picks this year good start or way too much so he wasn't saying that's definitely the trade but he's just asking is that a starting point is that is that anything for either team is it too much for the guy i, I don't think i'm even considering that if i'm, if if I'm you're washington, washington. I don't, think that's even, I don't think that's even remotely close so they, i mean unless they're super 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 high on dylan strome but i i doubt they're that high on him to be clear i don't I don't think Washington's going to trade. No, but I don't either. But even in hypothetical land, I don't. I don't think because again, this is not the NFL. Those two first round picks have value, but they're not. They're not going to be the difference between Dylan Strom and Nick Backstrom. Yeah, that's fair. If if Washington's trading Backstrom, I have to believe that they're. It depends on what they're thinking. They have to be getting established talent at that. They probably yeah. You probably do. What, unless you're. Unless, Unless you're, you're really blowing term. it up. Yeah, like, if you're blowing it up. But if you're really blowing it up, you just got to really blow it up. I don't think they're yeah. going to do that. But that Was- Washington has the opportunity to blow it up without, without being terrible. I mean, they could, they could trade Backstrom, get a guy that instantly contributes next year, and a prospect, and a first-round pick, I think. It'd still, yeah. still be basically where they were this year. Yeah, year. I just don't think that makes them better anywhere. And I think that's a weird trade to make for them. They're, they're in a very big kind. They're not like the Rangers' bad spot, but they're in a bad spot. They are in a bad Where they're not going to be better next year. There's nothing they're going to do that's going to make them better for next year. But they also have very little justification to their fan base to blow it all up. But they're not going to be bad next year. No, but they're also not going to win the cup. No, but if you... I, I don't know. I can't Which is the only the, standard for them right now. A trade off the top of my head. But if you traded Nicholas Backstrom for a top six forward next year and a top and 15 prospect and a top 10 draft pick, if there's a team that could do that... I don't think that hurts you that it much. It depends. Is there a young star? Is there a, somebody of – I'm just going to use the example because we used this before. Is there a Dougie Hamilton talent type, talent age type player out there? Because that's a little bit different because you're making that trade for now and the future. Yeah. I don't think you could trade for a 32-year-old that's, that's a no, high no. level because you're like not making any progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be mid-20s and a high-end prospect and a first-round pick I think is the only way because then at least you can go back to your fans and go into next season. I mean, at a certain point, disregard what the fans are saying. Just look at how it helps your team where you're not that much worse than you were this year and your ceiling is at least different than it is right now because we know what their ceiling is now, and their ceiling is 
I don't think it's the second round of the playoffs. I think, I mean, well established. If they had Ottawa's path, I think they would have made the third round of the playoffs. But probably, yeah. Well, I mean, you're not winning the cup. Can you say with confidence that the Capitals would have beaten the Ottawa Senators from what we've seen so far? From both teams, I have no idea. I can't say with confidence that Ottawa would lose to anybody or Washington would beat anybody. The Washington's in this terrible spot right now because even though it's. They're probably but their best course of action is to come back with a very similar team of what they have. Yes, they're going to lose guys. But how do you – this is the PR side. How do you come back with your fan base and say, nope, this, this, we're going to come back with mostly the same team that hasn't got it done for two years in a row and now we're worse? I wonder if there's some in the ba- – I wonder if there's a, a panic move of sense of we have to be different. I can at least sell we're different. I can't sell this is – I'm going to bring back all the same core pieces. There's nothing that they can say to their fan base at this point, really. Nope. I mean, nope. you want to go out and trade for Philip Forsberg, that might make people feel better. Yeah, un- undo that trade? I might just go on. Like, if I'm a Capitals fan, for, I, I think I'd probably Kovalchuk. go on like a two- or three-year sabbatical. Just Yeah, I'm just going to step away for a little just while Just travel here. the world? Come back, check yeah. in, see where you are, because I'm really confident that in the next two, three years, nothing's changing. Things aren't going to get better. Do you guys have that phenomena when if you're watching – your favorite team. It doesn't even have to be hockey, but just in any sport. And, and you feel like they have a legitimate chance of winning the championship. It's one thing if your team's not making the playoffs. or you know, Like the Penguins two years ago when they played the Rangers, you knew they were going out in the first round. But when it feels like they could win the Cup or the World Series or whatever, that moment you're watching on TV and they get eliminated where you just you can't watch anymore and you just yes. turn to whatever the next channel is, and you just find yourself watching the most random thing on TV, thinking about the life choices you've made... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that happened. I don't like, think I got to that last, last okay. point. Go ahead. I think that happened like two for 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 local listeners. That probably happened two years ago when they were when the Cardinals were down like thirty to the Panthers in the NFC Championship game. I think they realized, oh, okay, there's that that when that sound you just heard was the window shutting. What was the year that Pittsburgh blew the three one lead against the Rangers? I don't know if it was the second round. They lost to the Rangers like two or three years in a row. I just remember flipping off the channel when it was evident it was over and watching some sort of combination of soccer volleyball it being played in Brazil and thinking. This is my new sport. This is the life I'm choosing now. I'm watching that. This is basically like <laughs> Capitals fans going on sabbatical for two years. You know, I'll say this about the teams being a Chicago sports fan. When, when the teams I've rooted for have actually had a chance to win a championship, most of the time they've actually won the championship. Now, I can go back to Steve Bartman, and that was, that was the point where I just checked out of the Cubs yeah. for a good Eight, ten years. Yeah, you, I you know, remember, it, was, it was casual. Oh, what, what's going? Yeah, okay. I, I remember bringing up the Cubs to you last year when we were driving to the awards show in Vegas, and you almost pushed me out of a moving car because you just didn't want to hear about it. The door we're, just went open. No, I would have. No, he tried. Just so there was that, and I mean, I've had a. I can go way back to when Jim McMahon threw an interception in the end zone into Barry Wilburn's numbers against the Redskins. Just decided that he was going to give him the ball instead of letting Walter Payton go out. Quiet. That's one of your best quarterbacks in franchise so, history. <laughs> best that, of my a, lifetime. That's all you need to know. Scary. <laughs> it's a scary thought. He's the best of my lifetime. And then At least so much see, Oh, the other one was Mitchell when the Bears got to the Super Bowl against the Colts and, and had well, ridiculously good special teams and a great yeah, defense. The, and they brought Rex Grossman at quarterback. Because yep. if they had had anybody else in Almost that position, they would have won else. the championship. Because yeah. Indy wasn't even – Peyton Manning wanted to be beaten again. Because mm-hmm. he threw one touchdown pass. It was on a blown coverage. By the way, if you want to – now we're way off topic. But if you want to yeah. know how, how rare it is for Rex Grossman to get to the Super Bowl, I distinctly remember it snowing in Phoenix that day. No joke. In Phoenix. And they, spot, in they spotted him a 7 nothing lead. Well, yes. And- 
on Devin Hester. Their special teams are ridiculous. Yep. They, they could have won a championship with special teams and defense had their quarterback simply been competent. I've, I've opened money, up a book I didn't want to open. Devin Hester, best returner of all time. Oh. <laughs> it was unbelievable. At his height, run. he was ridiculous. If you take anything away from this week's episode of the Natural Hattrick Hockey Podcast, it's that Devin Hester is the best Don't kick to Devin ever. Hester. Yes. We've touched on all five sports today, by the way. What's the fifth? Politics? Football. Football. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got Spicer, we've got soccer. I mean, you had admitted that you were on board with football for a while. Yeah. That was your sport of choice after. I like watching the World well. Cup. Oh, of that's, soccer. That's a spectacle. That's that's more than sport for me. World now, Cup is incredible. Let's. I purposely did this so we can wrap up the show with an in-depth look at the World Championships of hockey. Jamie's going to break down every goal that's been scored. Oh yeah, sure, cool. So, uh, <laughs> over under. 11 and a half minutes of the World Championships that you've watched. Oh, way under. Way, you can't go way under 11 and a half. I can. It's been zero. Over, under, under that's on what? not even way under. Over 11 under. and a half minutes if there were negative of the World minutes. Championships. If I could give minutes oh. back, I would. I don't care about the World Championship. Nothing. It, has, it does nothing for me. Like the juniors, like the Olympics, that's it. Nothing. Everything else is fake. I have to admit, I haven't watched a single minute. Wow. I, don't, I paid attention to it online, but I haven't, oh, I haven't watched a single It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm like... What's the incentive? What's the incentive to the World Juniors? The incentive is these are a lot of young players, whether they're draft eligible yes. or recently drafted. I don't know what these guys look like. I don't. I don't watch the CHL. No, the World Juniors. Much I want to more see that. Important. Olympics. It's the Olympics. They're the freaking Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Everything else, the World Cup of Hockey, the World Championship, there's no, who cares? Well, the World Championships. The only reason I've been watching is to see Clayton Keller and how he's playing. I, I want to see what he can do with the NHL. I don't, I don't really yeah, care I don't. what he does at any other level. People, I almost. There are times when I write about those prospects where I don't even want to include their stats at the other level. Because I don't care. Because it doesn't mean anything. I don't care. Oh, he was a great player in juniors. Who cares? Show me he can do it at the NHL. I don't don't care. It doesn't translate. And depending on where they played in the juniors. If they played in the queue, those those stats are all made up. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Dylan Strome getting to play for the Memorial Cup is yes. a really cool story. I like the Memorial Cup because there's the something to play yes, for. It matters. It's, it's meaningful. Yes. Like he said, it's the national championship of junior hockey. Can we yeah, watch those games on TV deal. here? Yes. Yes. Okay. All, all NHL Network, NHL probably. Network. All right. Because, uh, we, yeah, we should, being in Phoenix, mention Dylan Strome, after he was sent down to the OHL, was named a the first team all-star center, yep. and he's played, what, 35 games? He was the games. captain of the team, mm-hmm. and now he's playing for a mo- All the things that the Coyotes listed as, like, bullet points, we hope he gets this experience, this experience. He could be a leader. He could be, mm-hmm. he could just light it up down there. He could, you know, be an all-star. He could play for the Memorial Cup. He's done them all Played now. World Juniors. He's doing them all, for Canada. which is yeah. great. He's getting all these experiences. And that's what you now, want. It's what Max Domi got to do with his extra year. Now I mean, we hope he just gets on the uh, Anthony Duclair, Mikhail Bodker program for, for leg strength. Also worth pointing out, too, Dave Tippett said this towards the end of the season, it's not just the stats, it's that he's playing like a pro at the junior level. So, mm-hmm. again, that only translates so much. I mean, he's going to have to translate it to either AHL hockey in Tucson to start next year or the NHL with the Coyotes. But in terms of what they were hoping he could do this year, once they sent him down, he has literally done everything. Mm-hmm. So, something to look forward to, potentially, for uh, Coyote fans. All right, that's going to do it for us, unless you guys have some breaking news that you're just waiting to share. No. Cool. I don't think anything, anything broke on the show for the first time in ever in a while. All right. For Jamie Eisner, for Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.